You are listening to Win Win, a podcast brought to you by Win, women in innovation. In each episode, inspiring female innovators share stories of succeeding against the odds in a male-driven industry. Their experiences come from the startup world, innovation consultancies, and innovation departments in Fortune 500 companies. I'm your host, Zoya Kozakov, brand strategy consultant and global marketing lead at Win. Whether you're on your first or eighth job, you've probably wondered what it takes to make it to the top. Is it switching careers, companies, asking your boss for a raise? Well, Jenny Danzi has certainly made it to the top, working her way from an analyst to a senior director of innovation at PepsiCo. During the last 10 plus years in her tenure at the legendary beverage corporation, she has been the founding partner of The Hive, PepsiCo's operating unit dedicated to product incubation and led the commercial agenda for the $2 billion Pepsi-Starbucks North American Coffee Partnership. Jenny takes the responsibility of being an advocate and role model for the women that she mentors seriously as they maneuver through their careers. As a founding member of Chief and board member for WIN, Women in Innovation, she has been consistently pioneering what it means to be a successful woman in business leadership. In today's conversation, she speaks candidly about the challenges associated with going on maternity leave and the importance of taking feedback as you grow. Hi, Jenny. Welcome to the Win Win Podcast. We are so happy to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So before we dive into all the questions I have for you, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, where you're from? Sure. I am a Southern California native who has now been living in Manhattan for a little over a decade. I see. I currently lead new platform innovation at PepsiCo. I've been there for most of my career. I live on the Upper East Side with my husband and our two little boys, and I'm a very proud member of the board of directors of WIN. Amazing. Well, as you mentioned, you've been at PepsiCo for over 10 years now. And uh, what LinkedIn tells me is that you started as an analyst and you worked your way through until your current role as senior director of new platforms. So before we get into all the different jobs, why don't you tell me why you chose to stay so long at one company? I have been so privileged to work at PepsiCo, and there are several reasons I've stayed. One is that we move around a lot. So even though I've been at one company, I've had seven or eight jobs, which always puts you on a new learning curve and sets you up for a new challenge. The other is the people that PepsiCo attracts the best talent and empowers that talent really early on. And so I've been really blessed to have a lot of amazing mentors and sponsors and peers and now people that I'm managing and that energy and intelligence is what kept me really excited um, and committed to PepsiCo. And I think the other great thing is that PepsiCo is an academy company. And so we are trained not just in marketing, but in leadership. And that is something that has been really important to me and something that's kept me in one place. So then how did you go from one job to another? What was that process like? So the short version of my career is that I started at Innovation, which was a random placement that I was in hydration innovation, launching new products for brands like Sobe and working on what would become LifeWater. And now I've ended up back in Innovation as I'm really passionate about growth and new products. The long version is that I've rotated through marketing and strategy and general management type roles. Some of that is because the company is looking to round you out and give you different experiences. And some of that were things that I was looking for and trying new things. So it is a combination of HR and the company, 
saying, hey, it's time to go. And also a lot of times me raising my hand and asking to do something new. And obviously, as you've moved from one job to another, you've risen the ranks. So what were some difficulties that you experienced in actually, you know, moving forward? I think generally a career is a marathon, not a sprint. And I always hated getting that advice, especially early on, because early on every month matters. And so if you're going to get promoted after 18 months instead of 17, that can feel devastating when you're 21. Um, But I say it's a marathon, not a sprint, not to say that you shouldn't move quickly. And I think I've been fortunate in that I have mostly been able to move quickly, but that you need endurance and you need to take the long view And for me, a lot of that endurance has come from people in my personal life who can help me keep perspective and remind me of what I'm trying to accomplish in the long run. And so if you're beginning with the end in mind, and if I'm looking to be a CMO or lead large teams, then it's okay to take a sidestep or spend a few more months working on something that you have to prove before you can move on to the next thing. And so I think it's helped to see adversity as those kinds of learning opportunities. And as I look back on hard times in my career, when I had to reprove myself or try to build strength in an area that I wasn't good at, I'm so thankful for those times now because they have definitely made me a better leader, a more empathetic leader. And I think somebody who can better mentor people who are coming up through the ranks now. And of course, you know that there's a a certain point in every person's career where they are that mid-level manager. And it's like, I've gone through so much of this, but I'm still so far away from that big dream job. And at that point, they either jump into that senior role or they stay stagnant in that mid uh, position for years. So how did you ensure that you weren't staying stagnant? And how did you make that jump from mid-level to senior? I joke with people at Pepsi, especially because we move so often that if you land in your dream job, if you're on your dream brand or whatever that might be, congratulations, in two years, you won't be in that job anymore. So you can't get too excited about what you're doing. Um, I think you will, you know, you have to prove yourself and put your head down and do the work at some point, but you also always need to have an eye on what's next. And I think a lot of it is building that network and being sure that you're open to feedback and getting constant input from your peers or people, more senior people who are seeing you in larger meetings and can let you know how you're being perceived, if you're rising to the occasion, how they might have handled that question differently. And it's that kind of feedback loop that will make sure that you don't get stuck because it is really important that you know your buzz. And the only way to know your buzz is to ask and to make sure that you're listening when you get that feedback. And I've certainly had moments when peers pulled me aside and said, hey, I'm not sure I would have responded to that really senior person in that way. I might have said, "Okay, I'm going to take it back rather than try to answer the question right on the spot. And I'm really thankful that I had those friends and peers at work who were willing to take the time to give me the hard feedback because feedback is definitely a gift and not everyone is willing to give it and have those hard conversations. Sure. And then as you rose through the ranks, there was, I'm guessing, a decreasing number of females in the room that were maybe willing to mentor you or pull you aside. Um, So was that noticeable to you or? I was really lucky starting at Pepsi in that I think there were eight people in my start class and seven of us were women. And some of them are still my best friends. A few of them were bridesmaids in my wedding. Um, And so we had this really amazing tribe that we could stick together and support each other. And five or six years in, I looked around and suddenly most of my peers were men. And 
they were great men, but it was kind of an amazing noticeable shift, especially in marketing, which is an industry that tends to be a little bit more female first. So I've been fortunate that even through that, I've always had really strong female role models. My current boss, Emily Silver, is amazing. My previous boss, Stacey Taffet, is fantastic. And so I've been able to have really candid conversations of what it takes to be a woman in a leadership position. But I think our whole generation is struggling with this a bit because if you don't have as many role models, especially maybe two-parent households where both spouses are working, it can be hard to really imagine what a full life looks like. And I do think as you're planning a career, you need to plan it within the context of your life. And so I've been fortunate to be at a company that is supportive of working parents and working women. But I do think a lot of what excites me about staying at Pepsi is trying to be a role model to those who are coming behind me and showing them that they can prioritize across the different areas of their life. And they don't have to just be a career person or just be a family person. And that actually blending both will really make you better at all of the things that you're trying to do. So, so much to unpack here. And I have about 85 questions just out of that. But uh, before we get into them, I guess I would want to ask you, what does being a female in leadership look like? Because being a female in leadership looks like as many different females as there are in leadership. I think right now there can be additional pressure if you are the one female at that leadership table that you are looking out for the other females on the team. That's a responsibility that I take pretty seriously. Um, And I have co-founded with a coworker, Kim Pepe, a women's mentoring pod within PepsiCo's marketing department. And that is the type of thing that we're trying to discuss, where what are the challenges that you do feel uniquely as a woman, whether that's coming back as a new mom and trying to figure out the pumping rooms, or if you feel like you can't be honest about something that you're dealing with in your personal life and creating safe spaces where we can really be human together at work and giving more junior women access to senior women who can be really honest and authentic with them and not necessarily give the corporate line about what it means to manage a career, but give real examples about tough moments that they faced and how they handled it and addressed it. So then now as we speak, you are on your maternity leave. So did you have any fears about your career trajectory associated with starting a family? And how did that play out? I did have fears. And I'm glad to say today, I think they were largely unfounded. I think as a first-time mom, I was terrified to tell my male boss that I was pregnant. And I'll say he was the best at taking the news and fully supportive and excited for me and my family. But I did wait longer than I did the second time just because I was nervous of how that conversation would go. I also remember thinking at that time that I did not want to be the face of working motherhood within the department. And now I am horrified that I had that thought because we need more of those faces. And as I've grown as both a mother and a professional and a leader, it hasn't held me back at all to talk about being a mom and what I'm dealing with as a, with a toddler. And um, I think it's made me a better marketer and a more empathetic person and boss And so now that I'm on my second maternity leave with our second son, I've really tried to make a point of being honest about that. And, um, you know, I was excited to share the news with everyone that it's good news. We've got another baby in the Pepsi family. And now I'm excited to return to work that I've had the time to recharge and bond and figure out what it's like to have two siblings to raise. Um, But I do think we need more women who are willing to talk about it. And not every woman is in a situation where she can 
So those of us that are secure enough and in a supportive environment, I think, need to live that out loud. And I'll recommend a resource that I found really valuable. The book, The Fifth Trimester by Lauren Smith Brody is amazing. I was lucky enough to find it on a business trip when I was pregnant with my first. And I just felt so seen. <laughs> Another woman who had been through it, you know, in an office talking about all the details of exactly what do you wear on your first day back at work when you haven't slept, what makeup will help it look like you've slept at all. Um, but having some really practical and some really inspirational tips on how you go back as this changed person. So I think sharing those stories has been hugely helpful for me and hopefully for the women that I've been able to coach through their own pregnancies, maternity leaves and returns to work. So if you're open to it, I'd really love to hear for somebody who's considering having that maternity leave conversation. You know, what do they say? How does that conversation go? And do you have any insider tips to share? So officially, you should just be able to say, I'm pregnant. We're so excited. We'll talk about the details later. Unofficially, I think it helps to go in with a plan. Showing that you still care about the job and that you intend to come back goes a really long way with your boss. So as excited as they are for you, they probably are a little freaked out about what they're going to do for a few months while you're gone. And they're curious if you want to come back. So it helps to reaffirm that commitment and to show that you have put a little bit of thought into who can handle the work, whether that's peers or your team. And you have to recognize that it is going to be extra work for those around you while you're out. The good news is that I think it's the best thing in the world for the people who report to you because now they have this amazing opportunity to step up and show that they're ready for the next level. And I think leaning into that makes you, you know, an even more exciting boss to work for when you come back. So in that first conversation, you don't need to have a Gantt chart of who's doing what and every week while you're gone. But I do think it helps to say, I know we have this X big deliverable that I will deliver before I give birth. While I'm out, I know it's XYZ we're going to worry about. And I think this person on the team can largely handle that work stream. And then as you go through the rest of your pregnancy and work with the teams, you can start to really figure out exact transition documents. Um, but I do think it helps to reaffirm that you love your job and you want to come back as excited as you are about the pregnancy, too. So then you are coming back to Pepsi as its senior director of new platforms. For somebody who is not familiar with the company or the role, um, what does that mean and what is a day in the life? I sit on our larger innovation team within our U.S. beverage portfolio. New platforms is currently dedicated to emerging categories within beverages. So we get to do a lot, of, a lot of exciting trend spotting work and consumer insights work and engaging with the culture to try to understand what categories might be the next billion dollar categories in areas that are not currently covered by our brands. So we look at trends like stress management or exercise or sleep or whatever that might be that people are talking about now that we think might bubble up into food and beverage and ultimately be something that PepsiCo needs to compete in. What are you really excited for, for the next thing in the beverages category? Beverages is such a fun space to work in for a few reasons. One is that people physically consume it. So everyone that you talk to has an opinion about beverages, what they're drinking, what they stopped drinking, what they wish existed, what they're making in their kitchen. So it's just a really high touch, high emotion category. And it's also one that has a lot of startups and innovation. So it's really fun to meet those entrepreneurs and see what trends they're thinking about, what founder magic they're bringing to their brands. 
And we definitely get inspired by that ecosystem. I'm really interested in thing in categories blurring. So we see a lot of alcohol companies coming into non-alcohol. Uh, we've seen Coca-Cola testing alcohol. We've seen tea and coffee crossing over. And there's a huge interest in plant-based beverages, which I think is really exciting. So, you know, there's always something new to track. Um, and I think beyond just what is the new product, I'm really passionate about how do you get to the new product and what kinds of team models we can use. So I was a founding member of The Hive, which was is an incubator dedicated to trying small brands and figuring out how to act small and entrepreneurial within the larger ecosystem of PepsiCo. And now we've worked on some projects that have won internal contests and then been staffed by full-time innovation employees. And so those kinds of models and figuring out how we can open the aperture to what's inspiring us and who is developing that future beverage is really exciting to me. What are some fundamental skills that you look out for when trying to hire somebody new on your team, whether that is more junior and more senior? Innovation, I think, needs to be a blend of left brain and right brain. And at PepsiCo, our team tends to be the initiative owner. So we need to be able to drive a cross-functional team forward and set a vision. So I'm looking for somebody who is able to lead with empathy, whether that's across functions and they can speak to our supply chain and our R&D scientists and understand what challenges are facing them. And also empathy for the consumer and understanding what they're looking for to buy, to put in their fridge or what they want out of packaging or products. And then I think you also need somebody who's tapped into the culture, because especially in innovation, what you're trying to create is a future world. And you want somebody who isn't just tied to their desk all day, but really has an opinion on what people are eating and what they're doing for exercise and what they're doing for fun. And so having somebody who's passionate about living their own life and seeing what else is going on out there is really a powerful way to make sure you're developing products that will appeal to a broad range of consumers. And you spoke about, um, you know, your career being a marathon and not a sprint. So what is some advice that you'd give to women starting out in the industry along with that? I definitely think you need to begin with the end in mind. That's advice my dad always gave me. So if you want to be the CEO of a startup, you should make different choices than if you want to be the CMO at a Fortune 500 company. And that North Star can change a lot of things do really quickly in this world. But I think if you have a sense of the types of work you like to do, how big a team you want to be on, what kinds of challenges excite you, then you can make decisions that are right for you instead of just going to what other people might think is the most prestigious next step. Um, You don't want to be distracted by more money if it's not really something that's going to feed you and your goals. And then would that advice differ to women that are in more senior roles in the innovation space? For more senior women and really for anyone at any point, I think my question is, if you're not going to do it, who is? Because as a human at work, nobody else on the planet has had the experiences and the ideas that you do. And so only you can contribute your unique value proposition. And I learned early on that if I had an idea, I shouldn't just sit on it because nobody else is going to come to the table with that. And What excites me about innovation as a space is that innovation is what creates the future. And if we want the future to serve and reflect all the citizens of this world, then we need all of those people engaged in building that future. And so senior women have a really powerful role to play in bringing unique experiences and making sure that we're developing products and programs and 
things that will serve the broader group. And it's very likely that your voice is unique to what's been contributing to the conversation to date. So you're a founding member of Chief and, of course, on the board of WIN, Women in Innovation. I know you're really passionate about this space. So why don't you tell me why you're passionate about women and women in leadership positions in businesses? So both Chief and Win really excited me because they had nailed so exactly insights about professional women. And so when I first spoke to Carolyn, one of the founders of Chief, she talked about that moment seven to 10 years into your career when you look around and most of your peers are men. And I had had that aha and I knew that we needed to stick together and figure out how to drive more women into boardrooms because boardrooms are where decisions get made that rule the world. And then when I got connected with Althea through Chief, who is the one of the founders of Win, and she was speaking about the power of women working together across the innovation community, I had just gone through a process where we were trying to find an innovation agency to partner with, and so few of them were run by women. And that was honestly infuriating me because if it's only men designing the world, of course the world is designed for men. So we need to get more women on both the ground and the leadership levels of innovation. And I do think it needs to be a device, a very diverse group of women because it's not just about men versus women, but we want to make sure as many individual voices with as many different lived experiences as possible are in those rooms, shaping those conversations and helping make the world a better place for everyone. Well, thank you so much. This is all so incredible to hear. And before I let you go, I have a question that we ask all of our guests. Where do you see yourself and your industry in a month from now, in a year from now, and 10 years from now? So in one month, as we sit in the middle of this very strange 2020, um, I'll personally be getting back to work for maternity leave. And I think what we're seeing right now is how adaptable everyone has been. So whether you were suddenly working from home or stranded across the country, um, I've been in New York City and seeing how quickly people adapted to masks and how innovative restaurants have been and opening outdoor space or doing to-go cocktails or whatever that might be. So as we look to the fall of this year, I think there's going to be a lot of reflection on what more can we change and what more can we keep from this strange time that will help us as we go forward to be whether it's a healthier world or a happier world or maybe one that slowed down a bit. In one year, I'm optimistic that we'll all be able to gather together again. And I think there will be so many surges of inspiration and some pent-up serendipity that hopefully as people start to work together again and network, that we'll see some new perspectives on what's important. Um, and I'm excited to hopefully be back in the office and seeing people and interacting across functions and domains again. And then in 10 years, uh, personally, right now, my sons are three months and two years old. And it is such a privilege and such a responsibility as I think about raising them into two good men. And so that is something that I am constantly thinking about, talking to other moms about, trying to figure out how to parent these boys to turn into good citizens that will be strong allies to women and other underrepresented groups. And from a career perspective, I want to make sure that I have made an impact on the teams that I'm fortunate enough to lead or to mentor and make sure that I'm really leaving a legacy that I'll be proud of, not just in terms of products and campaigns that I've launched, but in terms of people that I've developed and hired and promoted. Well, thank you so much. That is it for me, Jenny. Thank you for being with us today and joining the Win Win podcast. Thank you so much, Zoya. It was a privilege to be here.
Thanks for listening to Win Win, brought to you by Win, Women and Innovation, and myself, Zoya Kozakov. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit womenandinnovation.co to learn more about our organization, programming, and other opportunities. And remember, when women innovate, we all win.